Our top stories tonight, the Las Vegas Raiders actually tried to trade up to that first overall pick. Turns out that Jimmy Garoppolo, well, we knew he wasn't the first choice. It was Tom Brady. The second choice could have been Aaron Rodgers, or the second choice could have been trading up to 101. But regardless, that tells us the Raiders like some quarterback in the draft. Who's it going to be? Could they still trade up? All that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they finally signed Jimmy Garoppolo. It looked for a hot minute like the deal wasn't actually going to get done, but it is. Jimmy G has signed with the Raiders. It's a three-year deal. But is it really a three-year deal? Because he only gets, I believe, $24 million guaranteed. Really, this is a one-year deal, and the Raiders could move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I expect Jimmy G to be the Raiders' starting quarterback this year and next year, but... I don't know past that because I believe that the Raiders are going to trade up to that third overall pick with the Arizona Cardinals and draft a quarterback. They already tried. They already tried to trade up to the 101. They negotiated with the Chicago Bears. Never made a offer. Ultimately, they did find out the price tag, though. If the Raiders wanted to trade up, it was going to cost them this year's first, this year's second, two future firsts, and a future second. So five picks. DJ Moore, remember, he made the big difference for the Chicago Bears because Panthers, they trade this year's first, a second this year, a first next year, and DJ Moore, and then a second next year, I believe, as well. DJ Moore, valuable. Valuable as hell. The Bears view DJ Moore as a first-round pick, and I don't disagree, but the Raiders, they're not settled they are not the least bit settled and the panthers panthers reportedly don't know who they want to pick at that 101 they're still willing to trade back there's a possibility that the carolina panthers they actually think well we'll take any of these three guys we'll trade back to three with the with the uh the, we'll, we'll, we'll do a multi-team deal we'll trade back to three some other team can trade up and we get to choose whatever quarterback we want now i don't believe this I don't believe this for a second. I truly believe that the Carolina Panthers know who they want. I believe it's CJ Stroud. And the only reason they're flirting with a trade back is the hope that the Houston Texans will trade up, take Bryce Young, and they still get CJ Stroud. Now, I could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. Might not be CJ Stroud, but this is my belief. And this is why you come to me. I'm bringing you the news. And the news is CJ Stroud, the Carolina Panther. But what about the Raiders? What quarterback did the Raiders have in mind? Was it CJ Stroud? Was it Bryce Young? Or could it be who I recently selected for the Raiders in my most recent mock draft for Believe in Lions, Believe Network? You can see that I selected Anthony Richardson at the 103 for the Las Vegas Raiders. And this just makes too much sense. With Jimmy G, he's a bridge quarterback. He can get them to the Super Bowl like he Got the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but that's not who this Raiders team is. No, this Raiders team, they don't have the roster that the 49ers had when they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have the roster that went to the NFC Championship last year with Brock Purdy. So the Raiders should have tanked, should have gone all in on losing. Instead, though, Josh McDaniels, he's trying to keep his job. He's trying to stay in the NFL because this is it for him. 
You really think Josh McDaniels is going to get another shot after flaming out with the Raiders, after flaming out with the Broncos, and also screwing over the Colts? Probably not. So Josh McDaniels, he's treading water with Jimmy G, but he's got to know, hey, uh, this is this is treading water. I got to be realistic. I've got a quarterback that might keep me from getting fired, but I don't have a long-term answer. So what do I do? I trade up to 103. I select the highest upside quarterback in this class. And come on, just look at him. Look at Anthony Richardson in that Raiders uniform. If you're in the podcast version, I'm sorry you can't see it, but whew, Anthony Richardson was born to be a Las Vegas Raider. He was. The size, the speed, the athleticism, the cannon of an arm. Anthony Richardson is Al Davis's just perfect player. And I can really see it happening. We already know that Josh McDaniels, he's had success with a mobile quarterback. Now, of course, most of his career, he did have Tom Brady. And he did have Tim Tebow for a spell. Did he make the play? No, that wasn't him. Who was the coach? Tebow made the playoff. doesn't matter. Still, drafted Tebow. We know that Josh McDaniels is in on the mobile quarterback when he finally had his choice. He went with the most mobile quarterback, Tebow. He was terrible. Tim Tebow, a worse passer than Anthony Richardson. Yes, I'm putting that out there. Anthony Richardson, better arm than Tim Tebow. It's a work in progress, but it's stronger. It's more accurate. It's more special. Anthony Richardson, better quarterback prospect than Tim Tebow. Yes, I'm I'm putting that out there. Tebow was not a good quarterback prospect. Much, much, much better college quarterback. Don't get me wrong. If I am looking back in the annals of college history, Tebow over Anthony Richardson for sure, but that's not what we're doing. We're saying Anthony Richardson as an NFL quarterback, what his ceiling could be there. Much, much higher than Tim Tebow's. But that's who Josh McDaniels went when he finally had his choice of quarterback. And then we saw after Tom Brady left, Josh McDaniels had Cam Newton as his QB. And he seemed to like it. Josh McDaniels completely changed the offense from Tom Brady to Cam Newton with no arm either. Cam Newton's arm was dead at that point. He had shoulder injuries, foot injuries. Cam Newton, his body was falling apart. And Josh McDaniels still found a way to make that offense successful, make that offense fun. A lot of quarterback powers, a lot of just power football. Josh McDaniels had fun with Cam Newton. Then he goes back to Mac Jones. They have some success together. Because for everything that Josh McDaniels is as a head coach, some of the questionable personnel moves, the fact that he just wants to recreate the Patriots all the time, I will give Josh McDaniels all the credit as a play caller. He is an adaptable offensive coordinator. And so even if as a head coach, it doesn't work out with the Raiders, they're still going to have some success with Anthony Richardson. And it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of quarterback run game stuff that Josh McDaniels did with Cam Newton that all of a sudden, now that it's Anthony Richardson, a bigger, stronger, faster, well, I guess he's smaller than Cam Newton was by his time in New England, but a stronger, faster, more athletic, more lively armed version of Cam Newton, a guy that looks up to Cam Newton. The Raiders, I'm telling you, the Raiders are going to love Anthony Richardson 
He's going to look beautiful in that silver and black. We already know that they've explored other options. Jimmy G was like option four. Don't be surprised when Anthony Richardson ends up as a Las Vegas Raider and looks beautiful doing it. We also have some updates on wide receivers across the NFL. Oh, Richardson brings built-in developmental time. Good for McDaniels to expend his time on the job. Exactly. That's the other part that I meant to get to. Thank you, Joe. I meant to add that is by getting Anthony Richardson, Josh McDaniels, he's treading water with Jimmy Garoppolo. But then, okay, well, we were, we were good enough with Jimmy G. You know, we, we, we weren't the worst team in the NFL. But now we've got Anthony Richardson. You've, you've got to give me more time to, to work with the quarterback that I drafted. No, no, no. You can't fire me. Look, we did fine enough with Jimmy G in 2023. In 2024, we're going to start with Jimmy G, but we might roll out Anthony Richardson. We might be ready then. But really, no, I'm not going to fully be able to show you what I've got and what this team is until 2025. You you can't fire me. I I need until 2025. Now that I've draft, drafted Anthony Richardson, it's a beautiful, bold move. And I think the Raiders are going to do it. But anyways, back to this wide receiver market. We've got some veteran wide receivers that we're hearing some stories on. Number one, Odell Beckham. He goes back and forth and back and forth, back and forth on what he wants. Now, Odell Beckham does not want $20 million a year. That was a report from Mike Florio that, hey, Odell wants to be paid a top dollar as a wide receiver. He wants more money than Christian Kirk. And then Odell Beckham comes out and says, no, no, I don't need $20 million. That's not what I'm asking for. But $4 million isn't going to get it done. So here we are. Here we are. I don't even know how many months it's been. I don't know how long this Odell Beckham saga has been going on. But it's going to continue. We're going to hear Odell Beckham in the news all the time that so-and-so team is interested. We know that the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Jets, and apparently the Cowboys, according to Jordan Schultz, are all the most interested in Odell Beckham Jr., but... We also know from Cody Carpentier that Odell isn't a slam dunk for the Cowboys. There are some mixed feelings there. Don't know if Odell Beckham ends up as a Dallas Cowboy. Ravens, that would be just the most Ravens move to say, hey, Lamar, we know that uh, there's some receiver issues and we have Rashad Bateman, who's great, but we got we to gotta solidify around you. What about Odell Beckham coming off an ACL tear? What about another 30-year-old wide receiver? Will that solve it? The only time that did solve it was with Steve Smith, who was great. And I guess Anquan Bolden for a time, too. But that was Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson didn't get those guys. Oh, imagine Lamar Jackson, Steve Smith. That would have been such a fun time. But anyways, Odell Beckham, Ravens are interested. Chiefs are interested. Not at all surprised there. That would be a lot of fun. Because we talk about it all the time on this show that Chiefs, the new model that they have is we got Travis Kelsey. We've got one star. The rest of the guys out there can just be guys. Protect Patrick Mahomes, and he'll get him, get the ball to him. Odell Beckham, depends on how healthy he is, depends on what he comes back, but Odell Beckham might be more than just a guy. Odell Beckham, depending on how this knee is working, could be an upgrade on Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not guaranteeing that's a fact. I don't know what Odell's knee is like. I saw clips of the workout, but that's not telling us much. But Odell Beckham with the Kansas City Chiefs, could be an upgrade on Juju, could make this offense even better. 
The Jets, of course, are in on Odell as well because Aaron Rodgers wants to play with Odell. The list, the demand list that Aaron Rodgers gave the Jets or didn't, could have been a list, uh, list of demands, could have just been a casual conversation. I don't know. But regardless, Jets are in on Odell. And the Bills, the Buffalo Bills are in on Odell as well. And even if Odell isn't healthy, he's probably still an upgrade over Gabe Davis. Let's Let's be honest there. Odell Beckham is a better football player with half a knee than Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, not the wide receiver two the Buffalo Bills need. I would prefer the Bills get someone else. I would prefer they have someone even better than Odell, but that'd be a good start. Keeping Gabe Davis as that wide receiver four. Odell's on the outside. Deontay Hardy or Khalil Shakur in the slot. And then Gabe Davis, wide receiver four, coming off the bench. That could work. That would work a lot better. They still need up to upgrade. And maybe, maybe the Bills upgrade by adding DeAndre Hopkins. That would be even better. DeAndre Hopkins, he's kind of the top wide receiver on the market now. He's not a free agent. He's on the trade block. But DJ Chark, top option. Visited with the Carolina Panthers. Sounds like it went well, but no signing. Chark going to continue to shop around. But... DeAndre Hopkins, the top wide receiver that's available for teams, just not free to sign. And it sounds like the Cardinals want something substantial for DeAndre Hopkins. They want a second round pick plus another asset, whether it's a player, whether it's another pick. Cardinals aren't giving DeAndre Hopkins away for nothing. And they might wait until after June 1st to save even more salary cap by trading him. That the way the NFL moves. Those guaranteed years, I'm not going to get into it, but regardless, they'd go from freeing up like $4 million by trading Hopkins to freeing up like $10 million by waiting that long to trade. So I don't know where DeAndre Hopkins is going to go. I don't know how desperate the Cardinals are going to get. This could be another case of Josh Rosen. We all remember, well, we're we're, we're drafting Kyler Murray, but, but there, there's a chance we could keep Josh Rosen. And everyone knew they were not going to keep Josh Rosen. And so on draft night, Cardinals panic, sell Josh Rosen to the Dolphins for a second round pick, end up getting Andy Isabella. I'm kind of projecting that a draft day trade of DeAndre Hopkins for some team that misses out on one of these top options, misses out on a Quinton Johnston, misses out on a Jackson Smith and Jigba. But DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. Top wide receiver left on the market. But Odell Beckham, the saga continues to. Speaking of trade compensation, we know that the Cardinals want a second round plus for DeAndre Hopkins. And we now know that the Jets want something from the Green Bay Packers. It's confusing. We hear they want two first rounders. And we hear they don't want two first rounders. And we want here they want a first round plus. And we hear NFL teams are telling reporters, look, we're not in this trade. We've got no dog in this fight. We're just going to tell you what we believe. And we would give a second plus for Aaron Rodgers, a second in a player, a second in a conditional pick. But that'd be it. We're not giving up a first for Aaron Rodgers. And, and we, we've got no dog in this fight. This is just our opinion. And so you hear that and you wonder, who's really got the leverage here between the Jets and the Packers? They're both jockeying for leverage, jockeying for position. And at what point does Aaron Rodgers say, Packers, I'm done with this. Either trade me now or I'm going to retire. You're going to be stuck with my dead cap 
and deal with it. You get nothing. And I walk. Aaron Rodgers could pull that card. The Jets, they're also feeling pressure from fans because they know Aaron Rodgers wants to go there. But will fans understand if the Jets are honest and say, look, Packers are being ridiculous. They're being absurd. They're holding this up. What do you want us to do? And would they make a move for Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, no progress on him. No teams have, we don't know if teams have negotiated. We just know teams haven't assigned him to an offer sheet yet because they don't have to tell us that they're negotiating with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens don't have to give permission to teams to call Lamar Jackson. Anyone can do it. It's all going to be done behind, behind closed doors. So one day we're just going to hear, bam, Team X has offered Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. Probably not fully guaranteed, but a pretty big one. And the Jets might be that team if the Packers just keep holding up this Aaron Rodgers trade. Will it happen? I, I thought it would have happened by now, but we'll see when that trigger actually gets pulled. We'll see what happens with Ezekiel Elliott. Teams around the NFL are speculating, yeah, the Zeke's going to the Bills. It's That's the most logical fit. He can still pass block. He's still a heavier back, which the Bills have admitted they want a bigger back. They want a Zach Moss replacement. They want, not that Devin Singletary was a bigger back, but he ran like one. He played like one. So the Bills, that's who the NFL believes will be signing Ezekiel Elliott. And Jamal Williams, we hear from Jamal Williams that he was not very happy with the Detroit Lions, how they treated him on his way out. They apparently disrespected Jamal Williams in negotiations, gave him a low ball offer. But that's the business of the NFL. And it's pretty clear at this point that they already had a replacement in mind. They wanted David Montgomery. They signed David Montgomery before Jamal Williams signed with the saints. So it's clear. The Lions said, look, Jamal, we'll offer you this, but we, we got our eyes elsewhere. So that sucks to hear that as a fan that the lions gave a disrespectful offer to Jamal Williams, but it's just business. They, they could have given him no offer and that would have been even more upsetting. So he walks to the Saints, David Montgomery to the Lions. It all works out in the end. We'll keep you updated on more backfield news. A lot of the guys still left to sign at running back. A lot of guys still just floating out there waiting to see where they end up, including Devin Singletary. We're also waiting to see where a couple tight ends go. Foster Moreau, he visited the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. He visits the New Orleans Saints today or tomorrow. I can't remember which he actually is visiting on, but Foster Moreau, a lot of people believe that Foster Moreau was going to be the replacement for Darren Waller. Well, the, the, the Raiders, they must love what they see in uh, Foster Moreau. They must want to see him get more snaps. Foster Moreau is a free agent. Foster Moreau is not in the Raiders plans. That's why he's visiting other teams. I don't know what the Raiders will do at tight end. I think it's Cole Forthington. That's the tight end one on their roster right now. Because Miller Forrestal, no, Miller Forrestal's Browns. Anyways, Jesper Horstead is the other tight end, but he's a restricted free agent, so he's not still not signed. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. I don't know what their long-term plan is, but it'll all be okay if they end up with Anthony Richardson. Foster Murrow, don't know where he'll end up signing. We do know that Jordan Aiken signs with the Cleveland Browns, and Donald Parham returns to the Los Angeles Chargers. Love that move. We've heard rumors that Gerald Everett could be cut in a cap-saving move. Donald Parham, 
and this is just wish casting. Don't get out over your skis on Donald Parham, but he could continue to play a role in this Chargers offense, and he could take another step forward in his young career. That will to bring bring us to some defensive moves around the NFL. Got a bunch of them. We got Nick Scott, the safety for the Los Angeles Rams. He signs a three-year, $12 million deal, which it sucks losing Jesse Bates. It sucks that you lose an all-pro safety. But Jesse Bates is making $16 million a year. The Bengals, yeah, they've got the money right now to pay that, but they've got a Joe Burrow contract. They've got a T. Higgins contract. They've got a Jamar Chase contract. Unfortunately, they couldn't just cough up $16 million a year at safety. So when they get a replacement as good, as talented as Nick Scott, $4 million a year over three years, $12 million, what a steal. Nick Scott going to be roaming the backfield with Daxton Hill. Looks like the Bengals. Bengals are one of those teams that are really good at drafting replacements a couple years ahead. That's why they drafted Daxton Hill last year. That's why I won't be surprised if they draft some defensive tackles this year. This is just what the Bengals do, and kudos to them. We also saw the Chiefs sign former Buccaneers safety Mike Edwards to a three or a $3 million deal. $5 million total. That is also a bargain. I'm surprised that Mike Edwards signed for so little, but he'll replace Juan Thornhill, who went over to the Cleveland Browns. And Chiefs also added Drew Tranquil, which surprised me. Tranquil apparently had offers from five different teams. But I, I don't get why you'd sign with the Chiefs unless you're chasing a ring, which fair enough. And $5 million, that's pretty good money on a one-year deal, but... You're now linebacker three. You're going to be the backup to Nick Bolton and Willie Gay unless you expect one of them to get moved. And the Chiefs told you they were trading one of those guys. But curious in terms of playing time. Great, great decision by the Kansas City Chiefs. Adds depth. But curious by Drew Tranquil to sign on to a, a reserve role. Connor Porter, happy to have you on the show. Hope you are also having a great weekend. Speaking of defense. Dolphins, the pick for 2023. I would have to check and see who their week one matchup is. That is typically what I do for defense. Oh, this team has the best week one matchup. Oh, they've got a pretty good week two matchup too. All right, that's who I'm going with. But I cycle so many defenses, it doesn't matter. However, the Dolphins, Dolphins will be attractive against a lot of teams. Two lockdown corners, two lockdown safeties. Uh, well, one lockdown safety in Javon Hall and just a thumper in Deshaun Elliott. Great pass rush. Falcons could be sneaky good, but if they add, oh, I would love for the Falcons to add Lamar. That is something I really, really want to happen. They just don't seem interested. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they signed Taylor Heineke to be Lamar Jackson's backup. And they're going to keep Desmond Ritter and keep him learning. But right now, it seems as though Desmond Ritter is the answer at quarterback for the Falcons for Whatever reason, I think that could be a really good team. I think they could be a Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jackson, but I'm not Arthur Blank. I'm not Terry Fontenot. So whatever. Don't listen to me. Don't sign Lamar Jackson, an absolute game breaker. <sighs> Anyways, back to these defensive moves. We got Miles Hartsfield. He signs with the San Francisco 49ers. He was not tendered by the Carolina Panthers, which it's always surprising when a team like the Carolina Panthers lets go a starter for them. Miles Hartsfield, he started as a slot and at safety. He kind of rotated with Jeremy Chin. 
Panthers, they would have Xavier Woods as that deep safety. And then Chin and Hartfield, they would rotate back and forth. Mix and match. Panthers really good at that. But they already signed an upgrade. They signed Von Bell from the Cincinnati Bengals. They're one of the starting safeties for the Bengals that left. So Panthers just do right by their player. Like, hey, we could tender you and lowball you, but you're not going to be starting for us, unfortunately. And you're, you're a starter in the NFL, so we're just going to let you go, man. Go be free. And he goes and signs with the 49ers. He's going to be a direct replacement for Jimmy Ward, the safety slash slot corner that went to the Houston Texans. So really... Everyone wins in this. The Bengals lose Von Bell, but they up not upgrade, but they get a cheap replacement in Nick Scott. The Panthers upgrade by getting Von Bell. The 49ers, they get a cheap replacement to Jimmy Ward, who follows his defensive coordinator. And the Texans get an upgrade at safety too with Jimmy Ward there. So one of the weird follow-throughs where every team wins. Doug, you are too kind. Best mustache in the business. Truly appreciate that. Got me blushing here on camera. Continuing with these defensive moves, just a couple more here. Greg Gaines, the nose tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, won a Super Bowl with them. He's heading to a team that won the Super Bowl recently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Greg Gaines will be a direct replacement for Rakeem Nunez-Roches, who, man, the, the Buccaneers just love nose tackles. They've got Vita Vea. They had Akeem Hicks, who's built like an O's tackle. He plays three-tech. He can play any position on the line. But then Rakeem Nunez-Roches, he was the top backup and played a lot when Akeem Hicks was out. He's a pure nose tackle. Just love these nose tackles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now they had another one in Greg Gaines. He and Vita Vea are just going to be dominant against the run. They're going to be eating up space. We see the Minnesota Vikings sign Dean Lowry. Now, Lowry is a backup at this point in his career. Kind of that three tech to five tech. He's in between a three tech and an end in that three, four defense that the Packers run. So it's a good move by the Minnesota Vikings. Just adding veteran depth guys, you know, can play football because they didn't have a lot of those last year on the Minnesota Vikings defense. But this is not a long term answer. They still got to continue to add to the defensive line. Just add to the defense in general, the Minnesota Vikings. Some of these other teams to be adding to defense. Texans bring back Tavir Thomas, their slot cornerback. Malik Reed, former Broncos and Steelers edge rusher. He goes to the Miami Dolphins, adding another talented edge rusher. So Malik Reed, he's now edge four, and he was part-time starter for the Steelers last year when JJ Watt or TJ Watt went down. So you get Malik Reed, who's a lower-end starter in the NFL for the Steelers, but now he's your fourth edge rusher behind Emmanuel Ogba behind Jalen Phillips, behind Bradley Chubb. He's number four. Dolphins are deep on defense. Dolphins are scary. Dolphins are going to be a Super Bowl contender. I've said that already. Tua stays healthy. Look out. And look out for the Tennessee Titans, too. And not in a good way. Not in the fun way that we're looking out for the Miami Dolphins, where we're on the lookout for them competing for a Super Bowl with a dominant, deep defense and one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL, potentially. No, we're looking out for the Tennessee Titans as a team that is tanking, cratering for Caleb Williams. I don't I don't know what the Drake May tank is. Got to find a D word. Dropping, dropping for Drake May, dropping games for Drake. Anyways, Titans are going full tank. They have told Kevin Byard, all pro safety. Hey, man, 
take a pay cut or you're gone. We know that you've got $28 million left on your contract, but you ain't got no guaranteed money left. So either take a pay cut, we're not paying you $14 million a year, which you deserve, or go sign somewhere else. And Bayard, I can't remember, I think he's 28 years old, maybe he's 30 at this point, but Bayard still playing at an all-pro level for the Tennessee Titans, still one of the best safeties in the game. And why should he take a pay cut for a bad team like the Tennessee Titans are because they've already gotten rid of the rest of the core of this team left tackle Taylor Luan gets cut center Ben Jones gets cut Robert Woods gets cut he's not really core of their team but Bud Dupree who has been a core for the Titans for a couple of years now he gets cut kicker Randy Bullock we're hearing that Derek Henry is being shopped and teams are calling on him we know Ryan Tannehill could be moved at any point so why would Kevin Byard take a discount when all these guys are already gone? And I think that's what the Tennessee Titans want. I think the Tennessee Titans are saying, hey, we stretched it as far as we can with Mike Frabel just being a good coach and elevating the talent on this roster. But it didn't work out. And Mike, we believe in you. You've got job security. We're not going to fire you. We're just going to go all in on having a bad roster. And let's hope we as the Tennessee Titans can draft Caleb Williams with the 101 next year.